Welcome to Fertility Friendly Food. I'm your host, Stephanie Velarkis, accredited practicing dietitian and nutritionist and director of The Dietologist, an Australian-based practice focused on optimizing fertility through nutrition. This podcast will bring you snack-sized episodes for you to learn, grow, and be inspired by the latest research, facts, and practical lifestyle tips about eating well for optimal fertility, helping you cut through the confusion and myths to take back some of the control on your fertility journey, one bite at a time. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fertility Friendly Food, the podcast. My name is Stephanie Velarkis, and I'm an expert fertility dietitian and nutritionist and founder of The Dietologist and, of course, your host. And today I am really excited to be welcoming a very special guest, Kath Bequee from The Fitness Mama, and she is a perinatal physiotherapist. So welcome, Kath, to the podcast. Thank you, Steph, for having me. It's great to chat today. Yeah, we can't wait to pick your brains about all things exercise and physio around this very special period of life from preconception to pregnancy to postpartum. And, you know, just from my perspective, working with clients one-on-one, I can't believe how many people aren't seeing physiotherapists you know, in preparation for pregnancy, during pregnancy and postpartum. Um, And you guys are such valuable uh, team members when it comes to that pregnancy life space. So I'm really excited to be having you on. So can you tell us a bit about who you are and what you do, Kath? Yeah, sure. So um, my name's Kath Bequee. I am a mum of three. So I've got three daughters and I'm a physiotherapist for women and I've always loved being a physio. Um, I, right from the get-go, I guess you come, when I started uni, everyone just hears about the sports physio, right? Um, the sports physio, football, I did the whole sports training on the footy field and I quickly worked out that massaging sweaty hamstrings just wasn't for me. <laughs> so I loved, um, yeah, I loved the whole side of women's health right from when I was a young 20-year-old working with women who were pregnant. It was just something that drew me to it. And then, of course, when I became pregnant and had babies, you do see a whole new, I guess, appreciate a whole new side of it. So that led me to develop an online program called Fitness Mama, and I've got a podcast too, which um, yeah, helps to provide pregnant and new mums with the resources they need to have an amazing motherhood experience in a nutshell. Amazing. And I know you have a big focus on that recovery and rehabilitation um, piece after birth. And a lot of our listeners are in the preconception kind of planning phase or, you know, maybe considering pregnancy later in in their life and it's just an area of interest for them I get a lot of messages saying you know I'm not planning anytime soon but all this stuff really fascinates me but I think part of the planning is not just about nutrition but also thinking about um, exercise and support structures and how you're going to function and rehabilitate yourself um, after delivering a baby so let's talk a a bit about that area and tell me a little bit about particularly 
how physio can help with something that I find a lot of people don't realise you are so great with helping with, which is around constipation, especially in pregnancy and postpartum. Yes, and this is a really great question because you're right. It's When you think of physio, you think of the sports physio, perhaps you think about the pregnancy side of things, whereas pelvic health, so not every physio you meet is a pelvic floor physio. It is uh, postgraduate training. So, yeah, I guess that's the first thing to say is if you're going to go get a pelvic floor assessment, you've just got to make sure they've got the training for it. So how does constipation and the pelvic floor fit in together? And great question because one in four women who are pregnant do have constipation. Um, it's a huge issue. And the pelvic floor muscles form the base of the pelvis. So these muscles wrap around all the openings, your urethra where the wee comes out, your vagina, your bowel, and they have two main functions. The first is it helps to keep you continent. So it have your pelvic floor muscles, in other words, will help you to stay dry, to make sure you don't leak when you cough, sneeze or laugh. And that is with urine, but feces as well. So the second function is your pelvic floor helps to support your organs. And so what we're saying here is they're helping to prevent issues with pelvic organ prolapse. And that might be something that you notice like a vaginal bulge or a lump or a pelvic heaviness or dragging sensation. Mm. So I guess typically when we think about pelvic floor issues, we've always, people tend to think about weak pelvic floor and that can happen after having a baby and it's quite common to have weaker pelvic floor. But there is, the pelvic floor is totally related to constipation. Well, it can be. Um, So we can either have weak pelvic floor Or you might have pelvic floor muscles that are a bit overactive or have trouble relaxing, and that's where there might be issues with constipation. So, yeah, it's it's a bit tricky. And um, but the pelvic floor physios we help in terms of recognizing if they have constipation. We can assess pelvic floor muscles to see what the the muscle tension's like, and we can help with discussing some habits and ways to help passing a bowel motion a bit easier. Yeah, and this is actually a referral that I frequently make after implementing some nutrition strategies for constipation um, in pregnancy, which we know a lot of people do experience and it's often due to a variety of different factors, hormonal factors, uh, if you're not eating the same as you usually would because of nausea and other pregnancy-related symptoms like food aversions. And then you've got things like high-dose iron supplementation, which is notorious for constipating you. So you've got all these different layers and, yes, nutrition and diet and fluid and making sure you're moving a little bit more where possible is helpful. But there is an end point to how much nutrition can do and a start point of where pelvic physio can come into play. And I think the two go hand in hand so well together as well. So when we're thinking about pregnancy and maybe even like let's backtrack and think about pre-pregnancy, say you're somebody that's already a little bit prone to constipation. Like when is the is that the best time to come and see somebody like you or to start thinking about working on it or do you just leave it and hope that 
you know, will sort itself out in pregnancy. I think if you've got constipation and you've spoken to your doctor and you've spoken to your dietitian and you've got all those things ticked off, I believe, and I may be biased, but I believe every woman, and I wish this was something they taught basic stuff in high school, every girl from the age of adolescence onwards, I think would really benefit from understanding pelvic floor. Like what is my pelvic floor? Where is my vagina? Where's my perineum? What happens when, what might happen when muscles are too tight? So for example, some of us, if we're feeling anxious or if we've got a headache, you might develop tension in your muscles around your neck and your shoulder. For some women, when they're feeling anxious or stressed, they feel their tension in the muscles around their pelvis. And I guess the importance of recognizing this is it might not just be constipation you're experiencing, but for anyone listening, if you're having issues with painful sex um, or you feel like your urgency, like you you need to rush to the toilet, or perhaps when you do a wee, you might feel like you're not fully emptying. There's a few things that should be an alert bell where a pelvic floor muscle assessment might be really beneficial. So it's painful sex, constipation, feeling stressed and anxious, um, but even the conditions like irritable bowel syndrome or any painful conditions of the pelvis, if you've had interstitial cystitis or uh, endometriosis you and you've had abdominal pain for years, you might also have some tension in those pelvic floor muscles. So yeah, if in doubt, check it out is my motto. Yeah, totally. And you totally read my mind because I was going to say so many of my endometriosis clients experience constipation pre-diagnosis, even sometimes persisting after some treatments, and they find so much value in working with um, a dietitian alongside a pelvic physio coming at it from both angles to help with that particular troublesome bowel symptom because it can have such an impact on your life. If you're not opening your bowels every day and you feel all, you know, yucky and heavy and um, and sometimes it can lead to nauseousness and reflux in some situations and from a hormonal perspective we know and I've covered this in a previous podcast episode um, it's not positive either because it can be feeding into estrogen reactivation and all these downstream effects and you know if you're feeling bloated could also be linked Mm. to constipation and that's you know for people with IBS or endo and all those things so if any of those things resonate with you Try and get it as in a good as place as possible as practical prior to conceiving if you can because then it will be easier to keep on top of during pregnancy, I'm guessing, from both of our perspectives. I know from my perspective mm. it totally is so much easier to keep on top of. If we've got a few strategies that we know really work for you and your gut for preconception, it translates well to pregnancy and sometimes just need to tweak things um, and I would probably – Yes, that perhaps that might be the same for pelvic physio too, right? Yes, hundred percent. And I'm such a believer of like the sooner we can get onto things, the less likely they're going to have um, flow-on effects as well. Like I've had clients who have been so concerned and anxious about their constipation, they haven't wanted to go out and about in public uh, because they're worried about going to public toilets and so it can have a big flow and effect to so many different aspects of life so yes absolutely if you're not pregnant um, I'd definitely recommend getting that personalized assessment and treatment plan 
as soon as possible. And you're right, because during pregnancy, a big focus, I love doing pelvic floor exercises with all my members and clients, but pelvic floor relaxation, I feel, and pelvic floor awareness is such an amazing preparation for childbirth. And yeah, so it's, yeah, brilliant. I could talk all day about it. (laughs) (laughs) And I think as well, just off the back of that, it helps kind of enhance that mind-body connection as well as women, which often I find many of my clients are building in that preconception phase as well as they start to become attuned to their cycle and how they feel in different parts of their cycle and how their body is responding to different parts of their cycle. And even when I talk, every pelvic floor physio that I've ever spoken to, every time I have conversations with them like you right now, brings my attention back to my own pelvic floor and what I'm doing with it in the moment. Um, and that can just be really helpful even just for my brain because I'm I'm an overactive person. Mm. And I'm like, oh, why am I, why am I clenching right now? Mm. Like, it's not necessary. Yeah. So we can all have a lot more awareness and education about this area preconception even before pregnancy if in an ideal world when would you like to see somebody during their pregnancy from a from a physio perspective throughout the trimesters and postpartum what what would that kind of journey look like for the average pregnant person coming to you yes so clinically I don't tend to see women in their first trimester for a uh, for a vaginal examination for pelvic floor assessment But having said that, there's a lot of other things we can discuss and talk through and assess. I just personally don't do any vaginal examinations during the first trimester and also the last few weeks of pregnancy too. Uh, So the ideal time is second or early third trimester or, yeah, six weeks postpartum as well once the bleeding stopped and everything and yeah, so that's generally a great time. But having said that, I, with my online program, you can get started with pelvic floor exercises at any stage of pregnancy. Um, but yeah, just that physical assessment, I do avoid that first trimester. If somebody who's listening is really kind of struggling with, say, constipation at the moment, what are some strategies from your perspective that you could potentially suggest or point them towards? Obviously, everyone's going to be really individual, but just some general kind of top line guidance. Okay. Well, the the first step where you come in, Steph, is to increase your fluid and fibre and get that whole dietary side sorted. And then when I come in from pelvic floor assessment, I I think if anyone's at home listening, I guess I've got a few little tips. The first, I would definitely recommend a pelvic floor assessment, but what other tips I'd recommend is, oh, the drum roll. I feel it needs a drum roll. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we have sound effects. We're, we're not that fancy around here. But okay. <laughs> everyone can imagine one. <laughs> right. My first top tip would be to not ignore your natural urge. So we tend to have the biggest urge to pass a bowel motion in the morning for most people. So you might have been asleep and um, everything's been quite sedentary and then you suddenly start to move. You might have a hot drink. You might have your first coffee of the day. And that tends to be when that first 
urge happens about 20 minutes later. I feel, and I'm generalizing here and I totally get it. And maybe I'm just talking from personal experience. I don't know, but I feel men are very good. You know, when they've got the urge, off they trot to the toilet and they'll sit there for 15 minutes or so. (laughs) Whereas women, (laughs) all longer, half an hour, who knows? Whereas women, I feel we're, we're in a rush perhaps we're multitasking, you might be pregnant, you might have a toddler, you're trying to get lunch boxes ready, whatever it is, rushing to work, running late. If we ignore the urge, that can have a bit of a flow-on effect because the longer that stools inside you, the more water that's being absorbed out of it, so it'll make it harder to pass and the cycle goes on. So my first tip is don't ignore the urge. Second tip is let's get ourselves into a nice posture. So human beings, we're traditionally hunters and gatherers. So we've always, I guess, squatted on the ground to pass a bowel motion. And I, it's so interesting. I've had quite a few clients, this is pre-COVID when we were allowed to travel, with chronic constipation. And then they've gone to a squat toilet country, so an Asian squat toilet country, and they've come back and said, those squat toilets has totally relieved all my issues. They've sworn by them. And it makes sense because the anatomy of our bowel is such that there's a bit of a kink when we're sitting on our on our big toilets. So we can't obviously all remove our toilets and get squat toilets in the house. <laughs> but what we can do is what's an easy fix is grabbing a stool and popping your feet on a stool. So not just lifting up your heels because that that doesn't help. We actually want to put our feet flat on something so that our knees are higher than our hips. So if you don't have a stool in the house, if you're pregnant, you're soon going to have kids. So perfect excuse to get a stool, not that you need an excuse. Um, there's something called the Squatty Potty, which is fantastic, and they've got some very humorous YouTube clips if you want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have come across these a yeah, few times it, before. I'm <laughs> looking for it. But it patient. involves a soft serve <laughs> ice cream. That's all I'll say. Mm. <laughs> um, we'll let you connect the dots. Right. <laughs> and if you don't have a stool, rather than th- just putting it on your to-do list, grab an unopened pack of toilet paper that's still in its all its wrapping and just use that as a stool. Secondly, put your elbows on your knees, relax your tummy because I think relaxing the tummy, it's the same sort of nurse supplies your pelvic floor. So if your tummy's relaxed, your pelvic floor is more likely to be relaxed and then take your deep breaths. So if you feel like you're straining, we want to avoid straining. We didn't mention this. Straining on the toilet and constipation, it's been shown to be uh, one of the causes of pelvic organ prolapse. So long-term constipation can place you at risk of pelvic organ prolapse, which at the start I mentioned it, like the vaginal bulge heaviness, um, those sorts of symptoms. So we want to try to avoid them at at all costs. So sitting on the toilet, waiting for that urge to come, and then rather than holding your breath, you try to keep breathing. And that can be really challenging for some people. So it's hard on a podcast to describe, but when we strain, it's a bit of a closed glottis sort of thing happening. So we want to keep an open glottis um, 
happening, sound happening. So I say moo to poo or or hiss. So moo, whilst you're opening your bowels, you're mooing or hissing. Because if you can hiss or if you can moo, you're not closing off your glottis and getting that downward strain and putting that bearing down. That bearing down through the pelvic floor. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So they're my biggest tips. Um, Yeah. And alongside maintaining plenty of exercise and maintaining your healthy pelvic floor muscles. So for some women, that means strengthening. For some women, that means relaxation. And for some women, that means a combination of both, depending Mm. on what's happening for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fabulous tips, Kat. Oh, there's so much to cover. I wanted to talk briefly because the conversation about straining was fabulous and I think it's one of the biggest um, concerns that I particularly see in in our pregnant clients and also fear of developing the H-word hemorrhoids. (laughs) Do you have any tips around preventing hemorrhoids or managing hemorrhoids from your perspective Obviously, there's a lot of medical aspect to it, which I would encourage people to go and speak to their GP and obstetrician about. But I often find as well during pregnancy and especially postpartum, there is a lot of, you know, anxiety about that, which can sometimes not help the then action of going to the toilet because then there's that fear of pain or bleeding with opening the bowels and it's kind of just like a negative feedback loop when it comes to hemorrhoids. Yeah, it looks so true and such a great question. And you're right, once you've been to the doctor and whether or not it's that you need stool softeners or whatever it is, chatting to your doctor about any potential medications that might help the situation or any creams or ointments that might help with pain. I think being on top of pain relief is super important um, if you do have issues with hemorrhoids. But then the I guess that's a long-term strategy strategy of prevention of constipation and managing it, it's very similar to management of hemorrhoids. So really trying to relax on the toilet, um, not straining, keeping your pelvic floor healthy. And I guess there's a few extra things that you could be thinking about during pregnancy and postpartum. One of them might be using some recovery shorts of some sort so SRC or Solid Dea there's a few brands out there but they offer that extra level of perineal support and that is thought to help provide a bit of relief but also not ignoring and I love telling my pregnant mums to lie down (laughs) I think it helps with so many different things yes we need to be upright we need to be active but having little bursts of horizontal rest throughout the day can be really lovely for taking the weight of gravity. You know, sitting on top of your pelvic floor and all that area, there's the weight of your baby, the fluid, all your pelvic organs and everything. everything's just sitting on top. So by lying down on your side can help to alleviate a lot of discomfort and aches, not just in the hemorrhoids, but you might find your lower back is less achy, um, Yeah, so lying down, horizontal rest. If you've got an active hemorrhoid, that's when a cold pack might be really helpful. Yeah, so they're my main tips. Great. I know so many of my clients, top of my head, that are going to love listening to this podcast (laughs) because um, these are conversations that often aren't 
had, you know, at mm. mum group, um, once your bub is here, it's talking about hemorrhoids and how constipated you are or how your first poop was after you have a baby, which can be a little bit intimidating and mm. all these aspects of, you know, our health, which we're often not talking about because it seems a little bit TMI and, you know, it's not TMI mm. because every literally everybody poops. So we yeah. need to be talking about it. Um yeah. Do you want to go through a pelvic floor lift and then a relaxation? Just yeah. so anyone listening because, you know, they're an internal muscle, right? It's mm-hmm. You can't see them working. So it's hard to know if you're working and that's why that individualised assessment is so important. But, yeah, I think sometimes it can be helpful to actually hear the explanation. Yeah, let's do it. Shall I'm keen. It? Okay. Yeah. Okay. It involves imagining a flower bud, okay. so a bud that isn't yet bloomed mm-hmm. so let's zip up through the pelvic floor so you're drawing up and in and your bud is nice and tightly closed at the moment so it's drawing up so that's a pelvic floor lift now to relax we want to imagine that flower bud is blooming so the petals are coming out and down okay now let's combine it with our breath as we breathe in imagine that petal blood is blooming And then as you breathe out, keep that petal bud bloomed. That's hard. (laughs) It is hard. And, you know, this is why in every workout inside Fitness Mama, I go through pelvic floor exercises with my women and with my mums and we talk through relaxation too because it's such an important aspect for childbirth. And every time I use a different analogy, sometimes it involves imagining ripples in the pond, sometimes it involves clock faces (laughs) so yeah sometimes what works for one person might not work for another Mm. yeah so I do like that flower bud blooming though yeah let's do that one more time so zipping up through your pelvic floor this time drop and flop and let your tummy drop and flop as well let your tummy hang out good so zipping up just super gently then letting that Flower bud bloom as you breathe out. So we don't want to have it connected with pelvic floor. We want a bit with our breath, sorry. We want to be able to lift and relax our pelvic floor, whether or not we're breathing in or breathing out. But sometimes just to get started, it can help to combine it with breathing. Yeah. I found it challenging when you said breathe out. Or was it breathe in and relax? I was like, mm. what do you mean? You stay relaxed. <laughs> breathe oh, in. What do you mean? <laughs> I'm ready to. And I think that's very much like also the dancer history in me is as mm. well. We do everything to the the most mm. full out version of whatever we're meant to yeah. be doing. And so the relaxing part often is quite challenging because everything needs to be mm. up and atom kind yeah. of thing. And that is really common with dancers, but all athletes, anyone who's done heaps of exercise, very common to have overactive pelvic floor. And it doesn't mean there's anything wrong with them. We just want to tweak them to get them Mm. optimally working. That's all. Yeah. 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 And especially in preparation for labour and birth. Now, on the other side, thinking from a postpartum perspective, you know, I have a lot of mums who come to me six six weeks to three months to six months after having a baby and you know maybe they had intended to transition back into exercise at that point in time but they hadn't gotten around to it because life with a baby is challenging 
but then they also feel physically like they they are a little bit disconnected from their body in a sense and they feel like they don't really know where to start and that's when I make the referrals to to people like yourself and go, hey, this is outside of my domain. Um, I can help you with the nutrition and, and all that side of the coin, but uh, beyond that, that's outside my ballpark. But what does that kind of postpartum rehabilitation recovery journey look like? Because I think a lot of women maybe anticipate that they're going to go back to the same routine that they were having before, particularly if they are very active, um, you know, after they get that green light at six weeks postpartum. Yes, I love talking about this. I'm so passionate about this. I feel that as a general society, we don't look after our mums well enough and help them to rehabilitate after having a baby. If you have a sports injury, let's say you're a footy player, you do an ACL Rico, anyone who's listened to me before would have heard this story a million times. But if you've had an ACL reconstruction, you will have quite a good rehab protocol. You might start some gentle strength work. Then you might start some gentle run-throughs before finally getting back to training. And then finally you'll get back to competitive footy. Whereas after having a baby, women, two weeks later, their partner no longer has any parental leave left. You're left fending for yourself. You might be wrangling a toddler and a newborn at the supermarket. And the six-week medical check is super important, but often they don't look at the um, I guess the rehab side of things and they say yep you're ready to get back to everything I remember my um, doctor he was brilliant but I I went to see him and he asked me about um, conception uh, pre oh my gosh it, contraception <laughs> it's been a while <laughs> contraception that's um, the one <laughs> contraception oh my gosh um, so he asked me about contraception and then he said okay Perhaps don't get pregnant for another six months. You can get back to running. We'll see you soon. <laughs> see you for your next baby. And I think women, postnatal rehab for women needs to become a thing. We've invested so much into our bodies. We've given our bodies to produce mm. a little human being. And we want to have our bodies support ourselves for the rest of our life. We want to stay continent for the rest of our life. We don't want to be leaking and worried about leaking when we're jumping with our kids on the trampoline or anything like that. So I, like some countries do this better. If all women in France and England, I believe, have a number of physio appointments. But this is why I developed Fitness Mama because I see so many women in the clinic when they've got issues with leaking or prolapse or pain from getting back to things too soon or perhaps from not getting onto things soon enough. And I wholeheartedly believe by doing a step-by-step rehab approach, we might be able to prevent so many of these issues or if there are issues, identify them early and nip them in the bud. So I'm all about postnatal rehab. I think every woman deserves it after having a baby, vaginal birth, cesarean birth, whatever birth after each baby and after every baby. Mm. A lot of people wait till they've done having all their babies and then they go for a check. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's been maybe five or six years since they've yeah. had any anyone talk to them about their pelvic floor. And that's okay. It's never too late. But a no. lot of women feel that 
walking around the park and doing a couple of pelvic floor exercises, that's enough, or going for walks mm. and a couple of exercises, pelvic floor exercises, and I don't believe it is. I think it needs to be a whole body approach, pelvic floor and core, whole body strengthening and a gradual return into high impact. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I always find those comparisons to like how many times did you see a doctor and get an ultrasound scan and a blood test, um, you know, in during your pregnancy, let alone if you've had a fertility journey before or you've gotten to the point of pregnancy. There's mm-hmm. so many tests um, along the way. And often I'm the one suggesting to clients at that third trimester chat that I have with them to go and get some more blood work done after after they have their baby to make sure that things are looking good and that they're not nutrient depleted on top of the fatigue of being a mum. And then, you know, the contact with medical and other support services for mums specifically drops. Mm. And then it all becomes about the barb and their checks and their vaccines and their, you know, paediatrician appointments and their maternal child health nurse checks. But then, What's the equivalent for mum? <laughs> and I understand it because once you have a baby, you're learning how to breastfeed, you're learning how to change nappies, you're sleep deprived. I, it is so hard. Like I totally get it. It's oh, really hard to prioritise self. It's so um, hard. I always do a big congratulations party when anyone books in postpartum and I'm like, I'm just banking on you not because I know, <laughs> so I'm going to cover as much as possible postpartum whilst you're still pregnant <laughs> to, yeah. to potentially mitigate that. Um, but, yeah, I, I do a big party every time somebody makes that time for themselves, particularly postpartum. But this is where online consults are so much better for new mums. You know, they totally. can see you online. This The program I've got, you could do a 10-minute quality workout with your baby lying next to you. You don't need to worry about packing the nappy bag and hauling your toddler in the car, all those things that I struggled with a few years ago. Mm. And, yeah, so I think having that online capacity, it doesn't suit everyone all the time, but I think it comes to a point in a person's life when unless you just do five minutes for yourself or uh, here and there, it It ain't going to happen. So I've got a mantra, done is better than something is better than nothing Mm -hmm. and done is better than perfect. (laughs) Yeah, especially with physical activity because I think, you know, we get, you know, this message of we need our 30 minutes every day and, and but we don't need to do 30 minutes all at once. And if we're not doing quite 30 minutes but we're doing more minutes than we did yesterday, mm-hmm. then that's still better. And I think some people have still subscribed to this all-or-nothing mentality and we see it a lot in nutrition as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, if I'm not doing everything right, then I might as well be doing nothing right and therefore yeah. not doing it at all and therefore I'll just go back to what I was doing before, which was not, yeah. not making any progress. And so let go of the black and white and move into the grey and be okay with the 10 minutes mm. and be okay with the one extra serve of veggies, but it's not as colourful as it used to be. Like, yeah, totally totally with you on that and approach. I think that's a big transition to motherhood is learning to let go. And the other big thing I see with women is they've always, before having a baby, thought that their exercise, as you said before, was drive to the gym, do my hour class, have a shower, you know, stop by the supermarket on the way home, three hours later, finally home. Whereas if you're sleep deprived and you've only had a few hours solid sleep, you're not going to feel and you shouldn't probably be doing a full-on workout. And being able to do 
15 minute class that will reinvigorate you and help you feel amazing because at the end of the day that's what this is all about we want to help we want to feel great and feel good on the inside as well as out and Mm -hmm. feel a little bit less like a sleep deprived (laughs) cranky mum that I am today (laughs) (laughs) well I'm sure any mums listening will be able to relate Oh, Kat, thank you so much for joining us and sharing all your knowledge and wisdom about constipation and pregnancy and postpartum health. It's been a real pleasure. Now, where can people find out more about you and your services and your membership? We'd love to hear more and we'll make sure to pop them all in the show notes as well for people to to follow up on. Oh, thank you. Um, So I'm everywhere at Fitness Mama, so it's funny spelling. It's F-I-T-N-E-S-T, like the nest, Mama, M-A-M-A. So Instagram at Fitness Mama or internet's w- uh, website, www.fitnessmama.com. And I've got a few free um, workshops. So one's preparing for labour, and I talk about the pelvic floor side of things. So if you're pregnant, check that out. And then there's a postpartum return to exercise free workshop as well. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Steph. It was lovely to chat. Yeah. And uh, your podcast as well. You forgot to shout that out because Kaylee came on there too. That's right. Come and check. That's right. We've had lovely Kaylee. Yeah, brilliant. So come and check out the Fitness Mama podcast. Yes. Go on over and check that out. We'll leave the link to that below as well. All right, everyone. Until next time, I will catch you again.